Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I'm joined today with two of the best friends I've ever had in my life. First and foremost, Jonathan, say hello. Hey, hey. Hello there. Hello, sir. Secondly, a first-timer to Big Dumb Movie, but again, a longtime friend of mine, a great friend, one of the best friends I've ever had, actually. Say hello, Ryer. Thank you for the warm welcome, man. It's, it's good to be here. I'm a, I'm a fan. So you're a fan, and now you're on the pod. How does it feel? It's like being on Joe Rogan, right? Like, well, this is some big deal shit. It, it is for me. I mean, I've always... <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but, you know, I, I've been listening to your podcast for, you know, the past six months, and I've listened to Joe Rogan a bunch. Um, I just started getting into podcasts about a year and a half ago, so, you know, Joe Rogan was kind of my entry into the podcast world, and it's been on my bucket list to be on a podcast, so I've been nervous all week to to do this, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad to think that like someone, at least one person in the world, their entry point to podcasting was Joe Rogan, which is pretty common, but then it led him to Big Dumb Movie. Like, I like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Joe Rogan, eventually, some, someday you'll get to Big Dumb Movie when you're sophisticated enough. Um, but thank you, Ryer, again. We're here to review a movie, another 1994 movie, which is a year that we have just done a ton of movies on, actually. This one is a Pauly Shore movie in the army now. It's our first of many to come Pauly Shore movies. Well, actually, we'll see. Don't hold me to that, for the love of God. <laughs> it's our first Pauly Shore movie. That goes without saying. Jonathan, Pauly Shore, do you like him? I do. I, kind of a guilty pleasure, I guess. I, I enjoy watching his movies. Not necessarily this one. Um, which my wife will probably kill me because this is probably her favorite Polly Shore movie. Oh, this is someone's favorite Polly Shore movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's very interesting. Can you tell me like what what are some that you like? I do actually like Encino Man. Cashmere Rajni why don't you just chill? No buts too. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. No, we think the juice. Uh Okay. Yeah. And I like his feature in Goofy Movie. Huh? Max, look, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Huh. That was going to be my answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured you were going to have something a little more obscure like that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like, you didn't actually have to see him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's not in it much. Yeah. Uh, Ryer, what about you? Are you into Polly Shore? So I have mixed emotions about Polly Shore, you know, being very young and him being hugely successful. He was an icon in the early 90s. You know, he did the MTV Spring Break and, you know, I was just a kid not understanding what the world was, but realizing that he he was this like sex symbol. You know, he was kind of like like Austin Powers to me, like. He didn't seem sexy, but he was always around females, like hot females. International man of stupidity. Yeah. Probably sure. <laughs> Did you notice that like 
uh, Pauly Shore and like Adam Sandler are both these like average kind of dudes, but they're kind of ripped in their movies, man. Like, and they're pretty tan. Yeah. Like in Billy Madison, and then like in this movie, dude, they were both pretty ripped. Right. Yeah. Being older, we look at those things now. I've certainly noticed that. Like, yeah. as you get older in life you really start to like scrutinize the male body more and more like, and in a movie where someone is like, you know, maybe a little bit above average in terms of muscle tone, you start to like get this twinge of jealousy. (laughs) Yeah. But for me, it was more like, okay, these guys are at their like peak right here or rising. Like, you know, these guys are getting coked out every other night (laughs) of the week and they're boozing it hard. Like, how do they even get the nutritional value to have their bodies in this kind of a shape? Like, they've got to be fucked up. You know, Coke has all the nutritional value you need. I guess. Low low calorie. (laughs) Yeah. Low carb diet right there. That was the first keto diet. (laughs) The kilo diet. Yeah, the kilo diet. Exactly. <laughs> oh, good one. What about Andy Dick? Ryer, Andy Dick is in this movie. Is he someone that you have uh, experience with his career? Like, did you see him in other stuff? Were you a fan of his by any chance? Actually, I think this film is the most noteworthy thing. Like, I, I went on his IMDb and just scrolled through it, and not a lot stuck out to me. Um I think he was in this TV show that I was watching on Netflix called Love. And that's the last time I've seen him in anything. That was maybe two years ago. I'll give you guys a little reminder of something that he was in. That It's like a small part, but I think it's kind of memorable. Uh, the movie The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick, they go to Medieval Times. Awesome place, by the way. They go to Medieval Times, and the king that's doing the show... Where, you know, where all the knights are fighting each other, riding around on horses. The king is Andy Dick. Welcome to a magnificent journey into the past. This is medieval times! So that's like one of the things I think of, in addition to in the army now, when I think of Andy Dick. But what about you, Jonathan? My go-to for Andy Dick is... um the scene in old school the secret to a good bj is focus i don't care if we're talking about your husband of 10 years or just some hot sailor you met at tgi fridays a couple months ago who never did call me back but did leave me with a little something called herpes which i then gave to the dog where he's teaching the ladies how to do blowjobs <laughs> yes. with carrots like he's forever ingrained the song hungry like a wolf Hungry Like the Wolf. What is that? Duran Duran or something? Some shit. Some 80s fucking <laughs> band. That now, that scene now is the music video for that song for me. Like, it's not whatever came out by the band in the 80s. It's not whatever, like, hard work and four days of filming was put into making an actual production of music video. Yeah, exactly. This was like Andy Dick in about 15 minutes did this whole fucking scene just out of his mind doing blowjobs. They paid him in fucking scratcher lottery tickets and he like went off the set like six hours Dude, of filming in they, and out. They they get, they paid him in freaking coke that was vacuumed off of a shag rug. They just <laughs> gave him the rug. You. They said pick it out. Yeah, exactly. No, we're going to give you the rug and that, that will be an exchange for yeah. <laughs> and he shit. said, sure, no problem. <laughs> it was like, I think that was the peak of his like psychotic days. I mean, he's still nuts as hell, but 
I'm gonna bring you guys back to when we were teenagers. Yeah. I'm gonna say something that you haven't thought of in a long time. Uh oh. The Andy Dick Show. Yeah. I don't remember. Bringing any bells, fellas? I, I remember watching it. was on MTV, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it, and it was just like a bunch of nonsense, right? Like skit nonsense? It was sketches. So yeah. I think it was kind of like because the Tom Green show is successful, there should yeah. be an Andy Dick show. And in fact, they crossed over, yeah. if you remember. Andy Dick dressed as Tom Green, and Tom Green <laughs> dressed as Andy Dick, and they did impressions of each other. I thought that Andy Dick show was fucking hilarious. Like, I loved it. I should probably go back and watch it. I don't know if it's going to hold up. So, like, don't watch it and then be like, Corey said this was hilarious. It sucks. Fuck him. Like, none of that, right? So, like, I shouldn't start my own podcast <laughs> saying Corey recommended this and it fucking the, the blows. The Revenge podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> big dumb movie Revenge. Well, it looks like he had a lot of good people on the cast for his show. He had uh, Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, Jack Black, Tom Green. Yeah, a lot of that's just the cast of The Cable Guy. Ron Jeremy, Ashton Kutcher. And, and Old School cast of old right yeah they, they all are those same type of like 90s comedians though just loud and obnoxious and just just kind of crazy yeah i mean there was uh you know comedy is like a thing that is of its time right which is probably why this movie is not funny it, it doesn't hold up <laughs> right. yeah it's i've been not thinking a up. lot about that recently um i did not find this movie very funny and I also went back and watched Billy Madison a, a few weeks back. And, you know, comedians were really annoying. Annoying was the shtick back in the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> Shut up! That's a good way to put it. I don't know if, if I'm... It's just because I'm an adult now. It's just... It doesn't resonate with me like it did when these movies came out. You lost the magic, Ryer. You grew up and you lost the magic. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I'm slowly becoming my dad in his opinions <laughs> of movies. Like, me and Corey, when we were younger, would be, like, watching movies. And my dad would be like, that movie's fucking stupid. How the fuck are you guys even watching this? Yeah. And then I'm like, no, this is so funny. And then now, at <laughs> 35 years old, I'm, like, watching movies. Telling your like, kid. This is fucking horrible. Like, what are you doing? Like, turn that off, man. Put something good on it. I try to give him Billy Madison or something. Doesn't your dad work. was talking shit when we watched Vegas Vacation back in the day. I'm sure he was. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he was. talking shit, that guy. <laughs> Always. He still does. <laughs> I told him something the other day. He's like, yeah, but I can still kick your ass. <laughs> like, total, total suburban white dad. <laughs> Well, I think we're almost ready to talk about In the Army now. But real quick, Ryer, we talked a little bit off air. Um, you have been listening to our podcast for a while. And as I understand, you have a bone to pick about something that was brought up on some podcast. You weren't specific. You wanted to talk about it on air. Hit me, man. What you got? All right. So I have lots of bones to pick. I, I have in my little notes app on my iPhone bones to pick. But... This, this isn't Ryer's list of grievances. Uh... This is Ryer's bone to pick. You get one. All right, I'll just pick one bone. <laughs> um, so, Vegas Vacation. Uh-oh. That was us, Jonathan. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> when y'all were talking about Vegas Vacation, when the Griswolds are on the airplane and they are flying to Vegas, you mentioned how it, it's pretty much impossible to, you know, do the thing. 
inside the bathroom. That it's like You're talking about joining the Mile High Club in an airplane bathroom. Yes, a regular like commercial flight. Mm-hmm. Okay, where are you going with this? It's completely possible. Oh God, what have you done, Ryer? It was about thirteen years ago, <laughs> and I don't want to get into details. I just want to say it is possible. Myth busted. Is your wife going to listen to this podcast? Hopefully not, but she does know about it. So maybe, and maybe I shouldn't have said this. I, I guess I, I shouldn't have said it's impossible. It's just a lot more fucking effort than I'm willing to put in. Well, I have to give you credit. You did say like they had to be anorexic. And at the time, you know, I was like 20 years old, 19 years old. And I wasn't anorexic, but I was skinny as hell. And so was the girl. So yeah, that always helps for sure. Yeah, right. it does in a three by three area. So yeah, but hey, I'm I'm like six one, two hundred and fifty pounds, man. I'm not squeezing my fat ass into that. Bathroom. I feel like if I try to do that, I'll pull a muscle or something. You know, I'll yeah. get injured. And like throw my back out the yeah. second time, break a hip. I'm not a young man, you know. But I'm pretty sure the basis of us performing this act was Vegas Vacation. I'm pretty oh sure it was the inspiration. So wow. <laughs> just saying. It is an inspirational movie, you know. It it, you know. it shapes my Vegas trips every time. Like it, all I th- all I talk about is Vegas vacation, basically. But um, speaking of, so would you say he had a boner to pick? <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'd say that. Yes, I'd say that, old guapa. Well, I did say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Speaking of significant others, uh, I want to tell you guys real quick because it's just kind of funny to me. A few years ago, I had this nightmare that really, it's one of those nightmares that really feels real, you know, and it sticks with you and you think about it for a long time. And my nightmare was that my wife left me for Pauly Shore. Whoa. Oh God, no wonder you hate his movie so much. <laughs> so, now, so now I have that little bit sprinkled on top of my current Pauly Shore rewatches. And in this case, in the army now. But that being said, I think we're ready to talk about the movie In the Army Now. Again, 1994, directed by Daniel Petrie Jr., the man that wrote Beverly Hills Cop. Ryer, why don't you take us into it, man? How does this movie start? We meet our main characters. What are they up to? They're working at Crazy Boys. And it starts off with a a screenshot, full frame, of a, a video game. They're playing on a, a system called the 3DO, which was a pretty expensive system back in the day. It was like $700. Yeah. I just want to say real quick about the 3DO. Yeah. It had a game that looked really cool. I think it was their version of Gex, which I think was a multi-console game. But the 3DO version of Gex, I believe, is what got me attracted to that system. This is just a total aside. But... um. Much like Polly Shore in this movie, my mom worked at an electronics store for most of my childhood life. And, same uh, haircut. Same haircut as Polly Shore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Post-military. But uh, she said we were going to get a 3DO. We never got it. So, Mom, there's still time if you want to get me a 3DO. <laughs> I'm sure they're on eBay. <laughs> yeah, imagine how much they are now. Jesus. Right. But anyway, Ryer, so what, is, uh, what, what do Polly Shore, Bones, and Andy Dick Jack, what are they up to? So, yeah, they're playing Return Fire on the 3DO. Basically, 
They're they're slacking off. Get back to work. I'm working. Look, I'm testing out new products. What are you so paranoid for, anyways? Pretty soon we're gonna have our own store. Look, Quinn's gonna fire your ass from this place. Do you think I'm scared of that? What is he? Looks like a lurch. I'm Quinn. Are you afraid of him? No. Bones. <laughs> Quinn's looking for you. I told him you were playing video games. And one of the other employees says that, you know, the manager's going to catch them. The manager basically tries to fire him, but, you know, Bones, he's he's kind of like a Han Solo type character. What? Well, yeah. All right. Explain yourself like... right now, goddammit. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, so he's like, he can smooth talk his way out of anything, but, you know, he's not really quick when it comes to conflict. Don't tax my gig so hardcore, Cruster. He, he's a smooth operator, but in the moment, he, he, uh, he never really pulls through. I say he's more like um, a Jar Jar Binks. You know? No. He's a big fucking dumbass that is worthless. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he is that for sure. <laughs> I will forever like Jar Jar just because you and Steve mm -hmm. hate him so much. That could be Steve's next debate because yeah. he's going to debate Pappy about this Blade Runner shit. He can debate you about Jar Jar. That would be hilarious. No, I don't even want to debate. He can win. Like, no problem. Like, I'm just going to like him. Throw just, him damn just, cow. Yeah, just because. <laughs> Jonathan, was there anything funny about the intro scene to you? Because I think in a comedy, it's important to set up something that's funny in the beginning. In the very beginning, the funniest part to me was when he's talking about when Gabriella, his, um, Bones' girlfriend, met a Spanish girl, Rosa, in the mall. And he's like, but wait, but like, like there's something about her, though. She's large. He also says she's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's that's what stands out to me from from that scene. It's just like it's so I don't know. Is it the whole intro is just a letdown for me. I did laugh a couple times in this movie, surprisingly. Like I laugh very little when I'm watching a comedy movie out loud. But when his boss is about to fire him, and as Ryer mentioned, the name of the store is the Crazy Boys. It's just an electronic store. Yeah. And in, you know, he's a salesperson. He says, I can be crazier. And he's like, the boss is trying to walk, and he's like on the ground holding onto his leg. And he says, I can be totally insane. Please, I mean, my rent's due. My mom, she needs another tummy tuck. Please, come on. No, Bones. No, not this time. Please, there's a lot of personal... Please, please don't let me... Please don't let me go, Quinn. I could be crazier. Let, let go of my leg. I could be totally insane. <laughs> that part I did think was kind of funny. I know it's very Polly Shore humor, and it does wear down really quick after that, but I think that's the first beat of it, and it works once, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what's funny is that in this movie, he um, is less Polly Shore-ish than he was in all of his later productions. Like You mean earlier productions? No. Is this one? What was before? Encino Man. Are you sure? Encino Man was before, okay. but Biodome, then, oh, son Biodome and, was son -in-law and Biodome were after this one. I think you're right. Yeah, and and he was just he was less Polly Shore in this one than he was in all the rest. Yeah, he was more Fisher Stevens in the beginning of this from Super Mario Brothers. 
I bag her, you grab her. No, I grab her, you bag her. That's what I said. Exactly. This is the one. That's what you said about the last four girls. <laughs> With that hairstyle. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the long but greasy hair. Yeah. yeah. Andy Dick's hair is something else, man. Before he gets his haircut, he looks bad, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, the only part that did kind of, like, tickle my funny as a grown adult perspective like you don't really understand it so much when you're a kid and besides i can tell the one you really want is this one this is our top of the line our very best 35 inch projection stereo color monitor with advanced super digital pmp I- i'm sorry that that's way out of my price range not with our 200 rebate no money down 10 month deferred 64 month layaway plan you ask yourself how could it be right because I were a crazy boys. <laughs> he convinces Gabriella to buy the TV and he says it's a, a $200 rebate and deferred payments for 10 months, 64 month layaway. <laughs> <laughs> like that's their special financing. I'm like, dude, he is dicking her so hard with this deal. If anybody ever bought that fucking deal, like the $200 rebate doesn't do anything because you financing it over 64 months right. on the layaway. You don't even get it until layaways paid off anyway. Junk. So 64 months from now, dude, that like that's what <laughs> six years you got to make payments on that thing for six years plus the deferred 10 months before you even get your TV. Right. The deferred payments are separate from the regular payments. Yeah, you're right. God. Like that's, that's a lot, a long time to pay interest on a te- television, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Considering how fast technology changes on a TV, you don't want six, uh, a six year layaway. On a I love TV. the random shit that catches your eye, Jonathan. Like it's it's yeah. always some shit like that. It's always something weird. <laughs> Yeah, that was the funny part of that opening scene for me. So Gabrielle is his girlfriend. She's like this smoking hot Latina chick, I suppose. She's Italian. Yeah, supposedly Italian. She's yeah, supposedly (laughs) Italian, but she was born in Argentina. She actually is Italian. If you look up her IMDb, she's Italian, but she was born in Argentina. Okay. Yeah. She's played a lot of different um, ethnicities in her career, hasn't she? You you have a. uh, a reference to a movie she was in, right? She was Anna Maria in Summer School. That might be even too much of a deep cut for you guys. That's way too deep. <laughs> that's an I 80s have, movie. I have one that's way less of a deep cut. Okay. A lot of vagina in Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I thought you said a lot of... Never um, mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know. The thing with these, like... I don't know if it's like a 90s thing or if it's just like a comedian thing. Like, you know, you see a movie like this or someone like Polly Shore is the lead. And you just got this like way above his league girlfriend. But I mean, I guess you were saying, you know, he's always around smoking hot chicks anyway because he's famous. So, yeah, that's yeah. his thing. Adam Sandler and Sonya Blade. <laughs> well, Bridget and Billy Wilson. Mad- yeah, and mm-hmm. Billy Madison. She's forever Sonya Blade. For that's me. right. <laughs> That Veronica Vaughn. Yeah, this one piece of ace, if you know what I mean. A quick note. So you mentioned that him and Gabriella go in the back room and that they get caught. Him and Andy did get fired. But I don't understand this scam they pull. Like, I don't understand the logistics of it, right? Because she has to pretend that she is returning something or maybe she is actually returning something and he upsells her, right? He says, no, buy this other thing to prove to his manager that... He's a good salesman, so he doesn't lose his job, right? 
I got the, that right so far. Yeah. 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 The oh. only the only catch with that is he would have to be a non commissioned salesperson. They would have he would have to just be a salesperson that's paid by the hour, and they don't keep track of sales. Well, okay. For that to there is for that, that to actually work because the sale angle. will never go through. Here's the other part though. How does she know to come in at that moment? Right. Yeah, I was Did wondering you, the I same thing. That. Did he page her? Like, what's you know? Right. Yeah, he probably paged her nine one one and or whatever code they have, and she knows to just show up and save his stupid ass. <laughs> she's got to be pretty close, I guess. Yeah. But also, like, they go in the back room. And she's like, "This is the last time I'm gonna do this." Like, how many times does the manager see this like same broad like buying a new TV? <laughs> yeah, right. With sixty four months of deferred down payments. <laughs> whatever. Uh, that kind of leads us to the next bit where our main two characters, which is Bones, Polly Shore, and Jack, Andy Dick. We'll see if we can get their names right this time. Uh, they just go play mini golf, I who, guess. Who that's... the fuck names their kid Bones? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love. Recurring jokes. I'm, all, I'm in for it, man. Yeah. I think I've said that on like three different pods now. <laughs> Ryer, as, as a grown man, which you are. Have you ever gone to play mini golf with another one of your adult male friends, just the two of you? No. No, it's never happened. Jonathan. No. No, me neither. Not unless I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I'm sure we've gone. Yeah. But as kids. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a strange thing to me. And plus they see another set of men that they talk to about the army. I don't know. So That's the now- part that caught my eye. I'm like, okay, why are these two guys in uniform playing mini golf? Why are these two guys playing mini golf? What is this place? What's okay, so the two guys in the service playing mini golf is not so weird to me because a lot of times they come back from deployment or they're new in town, stationed on a new base, and so whoever their buddy is, they're just going to go do shit. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends that are in the service, and that's just what they do. They go out and do something. And then it kind of speaks to the times, though, too. Like Mini golf was a much bigger thing back in the early 90s. So I don't think it's too strange that two guys were there, but in full uniform in the middle of the day, uh, I kind of question that. They're supposed to be on duty somewhere, you know, especially because they're they're like uh, they say, oh, no, we're reserved. So well, what the fuck are you doing wearing your uniform? <laughs> right. You know, if you're in the reserves, be all that you can be on the weekend, be all that you can be on the, on weekends. the weekends. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if they're there like on a Tuesday, why are they in full dress? Uh, the reason I bring this up is because I feel like this movie is rated PG, but I feel like if it were PG-13, they would have been at a bar. Because this movie, the rating was yeah. specifically set to be PG. This is Hollywood Pictures. They're owned by Disney. Yeah. Polly Shore had a three-picture deal with them. The Army probably had some significant kickbacks for this. Yeah, I, I read that they gave their resources to the production of this film. So after... The TV show Stripes came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people enlisted, so I guess they were just right in that train and trying to, you know, produce as many movies as possible. So they they definitely had some funding behind them. Right. It is a very pro-military movie, like in that way. Like it makes it seem like it's a good choice for you know a a young adult that's trying to maybe kick off a small business or something like that. Join the military. They'll take care of it. You'll be fine. Find his way. Yeah. These guys are basically like, you know, loners that 
needed to find some way to be part of society. And especially to come up with some cash so that they can yeah. start their own electronic store or whatever. That's their yeah. big goal. We learned that as well. Uh, Ryer, why don't you tell us about where that takes him? Yeah, so that moment was pretty much the call to adventure. They decide to enlist because they will only have to work for, what is it, two weeks a year and or two weekends a year and... Uh, Two weeks a year, one weekend a month. There we go. $2,500 signing bonus. Yeah, add that together, six grand. Okay, if we can sign up right now, we get a guaranteed check for $2,500. If you times that times two, wow. That's $6,000. Nice. That's a nice chunk of change, huh? Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. That's the comedy we're dealing with in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Math done wrong joke. That's the kind of shit I can't stand. Well, once yeah. again, math done wrong. I believe there's eight writers. And it just seems like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. But anyways, yeah, they go to sign up. And, you know, at this point, after Call to Adventure, usually the protagonist wants to have some kind of internal or external struggle to get out of the call to adventure. And this time it's external. Andy Dick, Jack Kaufman, he he doesn't want to do it. Is that really his name? It's Jack Kaufman. Jack Jack Offman. (laughs) (laughs) I never realized that. Is that for real? Is you making that shit up? No, it's Jack Kaufman. So Jack Hoffman, I, I never thought of it like that. It's way more funny that that's Andy Dick. Because that's, yeah. like, that's some like sly shit that he would put in there. That's layered. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate that. Well, the main writer's name is Ken Kaufman. So I'm kind of assuming that maybe you know he wrote his last name into it. And maybe people made fun of him and called him Jack Kaufman. I'm willing to bet his version of this script had a joke about that somewhere in the movie that again, they had to trim out to keep the PG rating. So from there, you know, Andy Dick, he, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to go to war, which I mean, who the fuck does? I don't blame him. He's, he's a bit of a pussy. So <laughs> why doesn't everybody join? Weren't you listening to him in there? Joining a hell spa, only they pay us. Oh my god. Okay, we are the beneficiaries. We get a guaranteed check for eight years and a special skill. A special skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Land combat missile op. Opportunities. Tactical fighter specialist. You heard him talking about combat pay, right? You know, you have to be in combat to get paid for that, right? He said reserves aren't called up unless there's a major conflict. When was the last yeah. war, huh? World War II? No, 20 years ago. No. Have you ever heard of Vietnam? Huh? Desert Storm? No. Uh-uh. What? Bones Conway decides to tell him, you know, like, oh, he opens his pamphlet and he's reading the different job descriptions and one is water purification. It seems like a, a safe bet. So, right. you know... Because his brother's a pool man. <laughs> right? His brother must be um, Adam Sandler from Airheads. Yeah. I just must put that be. together. Must be. Sounds right. I, I don't know. I read this like really weird 
you know, you go through IMDb trivia sometimes when you do these pods, or this really weird, like, statistic about, like, how it's not safe to be in water purification and how, like, 80% of the people in water purification in the Gulf War were killed or something like that. Well, later in the movie, you hear from, what's her name? Christine? Yes. She talks about picking water purification because the chances were if anything were to happen in the Middle East, water purification was the first people they were going to call. Right. Which I guess is what happens with, except it's Africa. But yeah. Yeah. Bones, why do you think I chose water purification? Mm, Is your brother up old man? No, it's because Chad is in a desert. And water purification is the reserve occupation most likely to be called up if there's a desert war. And there's a desert war and we're going. (laughs) Jonathan, they, they go to boot camp. Yep. Do you have any notes about things they go through in boot camp? Yeah, one of the first things I liked was it, it was a total setup where he's like, has to get his uh, haircut. And he's sitting in the chair and he's like, well, I'm really known for my hair. Just take a little off the sides. And he's like, sure, I'm going to give you a real 90s cut. It works as well on the rifle range as it does in the disco. And then he just like buzzes his head, you know? Um, and he's like, fuck my crazy boy hair. <laughs> His yell when he looks into the camera, which yeah. happens too many times in the movie, but when he looks down the barrel of the camera and he yeah. does this yell, you can't help but wonder, how did they keep that take? Like, how was that the best take to use? <laughs> it's so half-hearted that they have to, like, add an echo effect to his voice to transition the scene, because otherwise it would have just fallen right on his face. It's he, not good. He's not an actor. What is he? He's a he's a he's a comedian that I guess some people at some point in time thought he was really funny and decided that they were going to capitalize that in the early 90s like they did with other comedians and have them make movies. Hmm. I mean, look at look at all, all the sketch comedy that it was uh, what Jim Carrey and in Living Color. Mm-hmm. You got Adam Sandler on Saturday Night Live. Right. You got. Uh, Pauly Shore was probably on Saturday Night Live too. Uh, I don't think he was actually. But no. I he, think he had some appearances. He was there on, was some other show. He might have hosted, but he was on yeah. MTV. He was. Yeah, a, no, he was for sure on MTV. But I think he must have hosted. He SNL. was a VJ for a while, but he did yeah. get his own TV show, Totally Pauly. Yeah. So like that's he was big enough to get his own TV show in the nineties, and it went on multiple seasons. I think it was four seasons long. Yeah. So, well, MTV was a totally different ball game back then. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't even know what it is now. Teen Mom. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like a 10 years ago thing. I don't even know. They're that. still showing Teen Mom like the second season. Yeah. Sure my wife still, still watches ever. it. Like, <laughs> Your wife still watches it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That and uh, Jersey Shore, it's still going strong. Unfortunately. Really? So I've been to the Jersey Shore and I've had a Snooky sandwich. It's like something they serve on the Jersey Shore boardwalk. It's like food? Yeah, it's like a deep oh, okay. fried. Okay, yeah, it sounds like shit. something else. Yeah. I went yeah. to that. I know, it's gross. Um, We're like, I, I went to the house where they recorded the show and stuff. Yeah. You hit it, bro. You hit it. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I can't even picture her in my head. Yeah, don't. Uh, that's how disconnected I am from don't. that kind of shit. <laughs> Uh, some of the other like little jokes that I liked was <laughs> it, it's kind of, I don't know what I want to call it. 
But like when they first got there and they were trying to get off the bus and Bones was telling Jack, like, come on, it's just like your, uh, what does he say? It's like, he's just like your dad. Yeah. And he's like, you're right. It does sound just like my dad. I guess he must have had like an abusive childhood or something. Yeah. Mm. Wait, my know. childhood like some sucked. psychological. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a psychological issue there. Bones, I can't, I can't do it. Jack, I can't do it, man. I can't Idiot. do it. This is just like your childhood. Remember? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. That guy is exactly like my dad. See? Come on. Wait a minute, though. My childhood sucked. No, I, I can't do it, man. I can't, I can't handle being yelled at by some muscle-bound drill sergeant. No, man. I Any gags that you liked from boot camp training, Rare? Not really. Uh, I, I did notice that when he, he first met the female sergeant, and he said, yes, sir, or ma'am, she does laugh. She she breaks character for a second there. And it's from a side angle where they just basically figure they can play it off. But, oh, you know, okay. me analyzing it, that it, it's pretty noticeable. How about the, give me 20. And he's like, okay, hold on. And he's like trying to give her a $20 <laughs> bill. So stupid. I thought that was like one of the highlights from the movie when I was younger. Like that was one of my favorite jokes. Right. Drop the pin, throw the grenade. Right. Yeah, that was one, one of my favorite jokes. The rocket launcher thing. It's idiot proof. Yeah. I mean, whatever. The, the, what is it? The jousting thing? Here we... Okay. I got a big problem with that scene. <laughs> We're back at this again. It's a, this, I'm already getting major pain vibes, but go ahead. Okay. So he somehow ends up like, smacking his drill sergeant in the back of the head with the javelin, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then so she turns around and like beats the shit out of him <laughs> and is like, like, I'm going to teach you a lesson to never drop your guard. It's like, well, you're the dumbass that just dropped your guard <laughs> against a guy who has a weapon in his hand. Like who the fuck's like learning the lesson here, you know? Damn. Wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Serious. Yeah. I had the same thoughts. They do get out of boot camp, you know, they become soldiers, they have to like learn their military trade as it is, which is for them water purification. We did mention that. This movie kind of like moves pretty quick until it gets to them actually overseas. Um, but the water purification thing, well, I guess I just want to ask, did you guys understand the life serial joke that, that this whole scene is a, the basis of when you were a kid? Look! It's our first glass of purified water. All right. Go for it, man. Try it. Nah, I'm not going to try it. Here, you try it. I'm not going to try it. We should get Christine. Yeah, yeah she'll taste anything. I'm not going to try it. <gasps> Let's get Freddy. Okay. Oh, Freddy. No, no, thanks. I'm allergic. It'll make me break out. Well, then who's going to try it? Yeah, Mikey will try it. Jonathan, you look mm. dumbfounded. No. no. I, I felt like they were all like sounding like a bunch of little kids. It, yeah. That's what I got from it. Check cereal. Is it is it kicks or life? Uh, might be life. Uh, look at this stuff. Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. Did you try it? I'm not going to try it. You try it. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. 
He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. When you bring life home, don't tell the kids it's one of those nutritional cereals you've been trying to get them to eat. You're the only one who has to know. But we also like skipped over where we in the water purification class where we met um, Christine, who's Lori Petty mm. and um, Fred, who's David Allen Greer. Tell us about him, Jonathan. So you have Christine, who is kind of. Oh, how do I want to say it? She's ready to go to war like she looks like she grew up kicking all the boys asses in her neighborhood. Right. She was probably pretty tough. Um, she's like the one tough one of the group way tougher than any of the other three. That's for sure. Like, and I, I felt like David Allen Greer, like they, he's just got that weird character where he's like paranoid and, and afraid of everything, like absolutely everything. It was such a like odd character for him to play. It was awful. It yeah. was God fucking yeah. awful is what it is. But he got to be all that he could be on a weekend. It's a good line. But yeah. that's, that's probably a, the best line of the whole movie. <laughs> that's not what he's doing for most of the movie. You know, he's usually screaming, which yeah. I can't help but think he drew on this when he did Jumanji. Do you yeah. remember? He was doing yeah. a lot of that in Jumanji, like always yelling. Yeah. That's like his whole point in that movie. Like a monkey's like on his car and he like yells. A rhino runs by, he yells. And, and I think he's a more talented actor than that like i don't know maybe he was just trying to take whatever opportunities were sent his way to be outside of of his tv show but you're talking like, blank man no i'm not talking about blank no man, you mean but, like that's where you, where the talent was was sent yeah that's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he put in the effort yeah and oh well and then and jumanji that was all around that like same time mm-hmm. but Anyways, Lori Petty had a pretty good run. She was she in did Point Break. Yeah, and then the, the original next, one. Oh, but yeah, actually, for all the kids these days, she. I think there was a Point Break TV series, and I think she was in that too, mm. which came like way later. One of those like, I, I think it was actually after the reboot movie. But anyway, fun, fun fact: Point Break, the restaurant that she works at, is Neptune's Net, right over here on the beginning of malibu yeah like 15 minutes from my house Mm -hmm. yeah fast and the furious also oh yeah yeah Yeah. you're right it is in that one yeah anyways which is basically the same movie basically yeah (laughs) with cars yeah yeah uh but Lori petty she did point break yep she did a league of the round the next year yeah free willy the next year yeah and Mm -hmm. then i guess she changed agents and because she did this after that the next year and then the following year she did tank girl (sighs) So, (laughs) what a demise. (laughs) Yeah, A League of Their Own is one of my favorite movies. That's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and A League of Their Own, I I actually used to confuse her with uh, the girl who played Scully on X-Files. Oh, okay. (laughs) They looked very similar at the time. Her name's in the back of my brain. Oh, God damn. I hate that. It's David Duchovny and... Mulder. And, and Mulder. Yeah, and Mulder. That's it. <laughs> Those are the two. Scully and Mulder. Uh, Anyways. Okay, so our heroes, they do get called into war. Uh, they go to Chad, which is having a conflict with Libya, and uh, 
you know, in classic U.S. fashion, we got to get involved for some bureaucratic reason or another. Um, but that's where they are. They're out there in the desert. You know that phone call that they got that they were going to be going to war? Yes, the right? coded message. Right, the coded message. So, like, if you're in the reserves and you just answer the phone and they just, like, randomly give secret codes to whoever answers the phone, like, there was no qualifications. Like, are you Bones? <laughs> right. You know, right. I have a secret message for Bones from the U.S. military. There it is. Tell him. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> Seriously. It was just like, the geese are flying south <laughs> right i saw a flock of wild geese migrating south <laughs> yeah it's like okay so and how the fuck did they all know that the other three guys in their little crew were there i guess uh the word of that party got around you know like that was a big bash Jesus. that was that was some 90s shit man every time i see a 90s movie with like a big gathering and people like usually a party yeah. I like to pause it and just look at the nineties of it and just bask in it. Cause like yeah, <laughs> the fashion sure. and everything and just like what the extras, whatever they're doing and wearing is always fascinating to me. I'm never wearing name brands of course, but that's just a movie thing in general. Right. Uh, One of my favorite jokes was in that scene though. The party scene when he's in the, the bedroom with um, Gabriella and she's like, we have to get back there in a couple minutes or two minutes or something. And he's like, two minutes? We'll even have time to cuddle after. <laughs> like, I never got that as a kid. And, and then like... That's not bad. Yeah. yeah that was I, probably his best joke in the movie. Speaking of jokes in the movie, I, I actually glossed over this. Ryer, maybe you can give us your thoughts. When they do get called to war, they try to devise a way out mm-hmm. of having to go. What did you think, Ryer? Yeah, so... They show up in this office before being deployed and, you know, Jack confesses that him and Bones are very close friends. In that case, boys, I guess you're not going to chat. Sorry to disappoint you, sir. Uh, just one thing. <laughs> Anything. Kiss him. Excuse me? Kiss your friend. You don't have a problem with that now, do you? Oh, no. He kisses me every day. The sergeant asks them to kiss. They're gonna go for it, and and they just can't do it. Did you recognize the, the military officer in charge? I did not. That's Negro Damas. What's the meaning of life? Who is my real father? Will I ever find a husband? Am I going to get sick? Does God really exist? For centuries, people have turned to one man for the answer to life's great mysteries. That man is Negrodamus. It's Paul Mooney from Chappelle's show. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> it's Mooney. Nice. Yeah, I had to pause that and be like, God damn. Just think about it for a second, you know? <laughs> I don't know if they're allowed to do that, right? If they can make two men kiss each other if they claim to be gay, can they? Uh, How far sure. can they take it? I'm pretty sure that's a a, a wormhole you don't want to go down. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, what if they do kiss? Is it going to be like, all right? Well, that was the thing. Like, I mean, it's the military in the '90s. I mean, you know, yeah. at that time, Bill Clinton was president, and you know what he was doing. So, I, I... that that was all that "don't ask, don't tell" kind of era. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But they do get to Chad, and they they have a new person in charge. They got the first Sergeant Williams. 
You know, they immediately get on his bad side. It's a lot of them, like, fucking up in the military. The, the premise of this movie is basically, like, you know Pauly Shore and all the movies he's in, and he's always kind of the same character? Mm-hmm. What if he was in the military? It's that, right? Because he, like, he, like, mouths off, and he gets in trouble, and he makes enemies with other soldiers, fucks up a lot, and then in the end, somehow saves a day. I mean, that that's just a, a real quick breeze through the movie, but... I mean, this is that movie that you already know that's going to happen. Yeah. But is it good that it does? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it's is, is it funny that he's peeling potatoes? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know he's going to have trouble, but... He lost count at 6,545. It's kind of funny that he's such a fuck-up that he got so good at doing push-ups that they had to punish him in other ways. Okay, so here's I'm of two minds because when I was a kid, I liked that, yeah. but I didn't think it was funny. But I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Now I don't think it's funny, and I don't like it. So it double fucking whammies me as an That's adult. That's because you know how much of a pain in the ass it would be to peel six thousand potatoes. <laughs> I, I still don't think I would think it's funny, but you're right. There's a little bit of a reality disconnect in yeah. that. <laughs> and I definitely don't want to do a push up. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser shows up, though. Don't eat the chicken. And it tastes just like frog. Yeah, sick little cameo. <laughs> yeah, he had done a cameo in the prior film, Son-in-Law. And okay. uh, I guess this is a, a running thing. I, I don't know if it continued on with his other movies. I don't, I don't think he showed up in Biodome. Yeah, it was just Encino, man. Right. I mean, after he did The Mummy, he's like... One of the biggest stars of the 90s and 2000s. And uh, I don't think he's going to be showing up in Polly Shore's fucking jury duty movie anymore. You know, he was probably thinking this is going to last forever. <laughs> oh, I say after uh, Brendan Fraser did George of the Jungle, I think that's when his career finally started taking an uptick. That's what it was. It's yeah. when he got buff and people were like, Dude. this guy's going to be an he, action star. He was fucking ripped. He man. was insanely jacked. He yeah. worked out like a fucking mad dog. I'm yeah. sure. Well, I, I like to think that it was Airheads that got his career going. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your head can. I like Airheads. So do I. I love it. Yeah. Anytime it was on Comedy Central when I was a kid, I was watching it. So every day? <laughs> yeah, right? Like every day at like random times. It was like 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, Airheads was on. <laughs> uh, Brendan Fraser, when he's in this movie, he tells him, don't eat the chicken. It tastes like frog. Call back to him being Linkovich in... Encino Man, where I believe he ate a frog in the museum, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, was his name Link Linkovich or something? Yeah. Isn't but they, they called him? They named him. So I yeah. assume they just played a lot of Zelda and were like, yeah. let's just fucking call him Link. Well, he's the missing Link. The missing, yeah, that's no, what the reference No, is. it's it's because they played a lot of Zelda, goddammit. Oh, no. oh, I'm rewriting okay. his no, Don't, don't let Corey fuck with you like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... Polly Shore and his little gang, they make enemies with like the special forces military guy. So that's kind of a thing that comes back later. And also not great, right? I Do mean, you recognize him from other movies? He was like, the, he was uh, La Bamba's cousin or whatever. Yeah, cousin Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they're out like picking up hookers, he's like, have one shit, have two, it's on me. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was the La Bamba guy. Yeah, Bob. Yeah. Ryer, do you have any thoughts about their um, antics in the military base before they get lost? 
No, other than it's, it just seems really cliche. It seems like they pulled scenes from other movies that they thought might work. I started losing a lot of interest at this point. You know, there there's a, a gradual buildup in the film until they got to Chad, and then it just, it starts flatlining at this moment. It's almost like they don't know what to do with them, like, in service, right? Because yes. you think of them, like, joining the military. It's like, oh, it'll be funny because they won't want to join, and, like, they won't want to get off the truck to go into boot camp. And then when they're in boot camp, they're going to be fucking up a lot. They're going to have to do a lot of push-ups. They're going to get pushed around. And then they're going to serve in the military, and they're going to get lost, right? Mm-hmm. I would imagine, like, the surface-level premise of this movie, there was, like, not a lot of discussion between, like, what happens between them joining and them of them actually serving in the military? So, yeah, I agree. That part is just kind of like, like, let's get to the next thing. Like, what is this going to be about? And eventually we do, but it's, um, it's their little squad, our, our, our four main characters here being lost essentially in the desert. And then Polly Shore kind of taking the leadership role to lead them out of it. Right. Right. Yeah. They get lost in the desert and, Polly Shore is not really a leader. The only reason he is a leader is because his brother was a pool boy. I order you to shut it down now. You order me? Yeah, but I'm private first class, okay? I'm ordering you. Come on. The only reason you made private first class is because your brother is a pool man. You know, Andy Dick, he's... His friend that follows him around, you know, basically Polly Shore is like a Cartman where he, he talks people into things and Andy Dick is reluctant but always goes along with it. And he he just starts complaining, you know, whenever Polly Shore gets him into shit and then somehow Polly Shore pulls through and uh and then they'll end up appreciating him. That's it. Damn it! I saw her first. And look what happens. Same thing that happened with Gabriella. I saw her first. And, and, and Wanda Tushman in the third grade, I saw her first. And that girl in Palm Springs that turned out to be the guy. I saw that thing first, too. You know why I'm not just strangling you right now? Because you can't cook a snake? No. Because no matter how long we've been friends, I... Never thought you'd be the kind of guy that would save our lives, let alone kill a snake. But you did. Oh, hey, man, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, they're lost in the desert. What I don't quite understand is like the revelation of how to get unlost. So they're lost, they're walking around. They walk for a few days and then they make it back to the point where they got lost. Yeah. So they just did like a huge circle. And then the truck sinks and it's not really sinking at all. Did you notice that? That's a good point. I was like, I don't see it sinking, but I'll just take their word for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at some point, Polly Shore's like, oh no, now I know how to get us unlost. We were just doing it wrong. Well, Lori Petty tells him that he needs to make a decision. And he's like, well, let's all take a vote. And Lori Petty, since she's so into the military, she's like, she knows protocol and she tells him that like that that's not how things work in the army i do like his loophole though when he says i order us to vote like i was like aha that's actually like kind of clever (laughs) 
Yeah, but she she turns that down as well. And, you know, he finds on a map, you know, where a stream should be running. And they start trying to move in that direction, but, you know, it's kind of hard to get from point A to B on a map without a compass. They have a compass. But they don't know it. They just don't use it. They have a hidden sword the whole damn time. It's the compass on Andy Dick's wrists and... Yeah, Andy Dick is pretty much worthless in this whole film. <laughs> he may have lost it when he stripped down butt naked looking for the Mirage. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering how they got away with the PG rating when, I mean, it clearly shows his ass. I mean, it's from a distance, but I guess in the 90s, anything goes. How did you watch this movie, Ryer, on Amazon Prime? No, is it on there? <laughs> Oh yeah, I yeah read, for three ninety nine. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, dude! Every time, fucking, I gotta do a podcast. I gotta pay four dollars to rent the movie. Sorry, Jonathan. Thank God I have a lot of Amazon credit. Okay, <laughs> I totally watched it legally. So, from I see. Yeah, um, I think they cropped the ass in the Amazon Prime version because I remember uh-huh. distinctly seeing the ass in a more. Um, I guess, obscene fashion than it was displayed on the Amazon version. Ooh, I zoomed in on my phone and I saw ass. <laughs> Wait. Uh, what I like, though, is when he, like, passes out and, like, Bones goes up to him and he's like, here, have some water. And he just pours it on his mouth while he's on the sand. And it just gets sand, like, all over his mouth. <laughs> Like, that's such a fucking dick move. One, they have, like, limited water, and he's just wasting it. And two, like, who would want to just have water poured on your face when your face is in the sand? (laughs) It's just gonna stick to your face. Pretty fucking funny. I don't know. Like, I I did laugh at that part. Again, there was a few moments when I did laugh. I literally laughed zero times the whole film. And I don't know if it's because... I knew that I was going to be reviewing the film. So, like, at first I watched this film for 15 minutes, and I I was taking notes, and then I I decided to quit taking notes because maybe the film would redeem itself if I wasn't reviewing it. Yeah, that that didn't happen. Well, it's not great. I mean, that is true. I'm going to take this, like, kind of as a moment to step aside from the plot for a second. I meant to bring this up earlier, but while we're on this topic, I mean, I grew up on this movie. I watched this movie a lot as a kid, um, repeatedly. There was a lot of movies I watched a lot. In fact, a lot of them we've done podcasts on and the others I'll do podcasts on eventually. But I want to do a quick round table. Jonathan, was this one that you just popped in all the time or what? It was a regular for sure. It was on whenever it was on, I was watching it. I think it was just kind of like because of the age or uh, that I was and when the movie came out, if it was on, I was watching it and it was just kind of a cool thing to do, which was to watch Pauly Shore movies back then. Right. It did give you like some social status to have seen like Pauly Shore movies because yeah. people quote them and shit. Yeah, for sure. Just like you were like way cooler if you had seen T2 when you were like in third grade or something, you right. know, like if you had had the chance to see certain movies, you held a higher <laughs> status at school. Yes. They put rose petals on the floor as you walked at recess. <laughs> if you've seen T2. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you were some kind of God. <laughs> this guy's seen T2. Can you believe it? Right. He's seen in the army now. 
a PG movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ryer, what about you? I, I just want to circle back to T2. I think I saw that movie when I was four years old in theaters, like the night it was released. My dad, I got to give him mad props. He was badass. He brought me to movies all the time. And he brought me to go see In the Army Now in theaters. So that cancels out the T2 thing. <laughs> well, I mean, at least he was <laughs> hip enough to know that Polly Shore was a thing, you know? No, yeah. Shout out to Ryer's dad, by the way. He's a cool guy. Shout out to Stu Sr. Well, that's awesome. Corey's never said my dad was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's because your dad made fun of me all the time. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But yeah, uh, he took me to see this movie in theaters, and uh, I mean, we rented VHSs like nobody, and uh, I don't recall ever renting the movie, but I did have the poster on my wall because our VHS rental store, you know, had a little bin with posters that they were just given away, and this was one of them. So, uh, so you're I- such a super fan. That you had the poster in your room. It wasn't purchased. But, you know, I mean, we saw the movie and I probably laughed when it came out. You know, I probably didn't understand half of the things going on. But, you know, I was like, okay, that's a movie. And never probably rented it or watched it again up until (laughs) just this past week. Yeah. I mean, it's not one that's on a lot of people's radar. This is not a very popularly reviewed movie like, in the way that some other 90s movies are. Like, if you take Space Jam, like, the amount of movie reviews that exist for that movie is pretty vast. Uh, this one is one of the ones that's just kind of forgotten in the annals of time, which I I do like talking about those kinds of movies, you know? I promise you, Big Dumb Movie is the only podcast that's out there reviewing in the Army now. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some others, but, yeah, I mean, it's not a very go- common go-to for people, I don't think. Um, why? Because probably no one wants to fucking rewatch it. But we did it for you, <laughs> listeners. God damn it. We torture ourselves. Well, did you hear about them trying to make a sequel for this film? What? Yeah. Back in, uh, I think 2011, there was like some online petition. I signed it just because <laughs> what you the know? fuck were you doing on the internet in 2011 god sign in fucking petitions for <laughs> 90s sequels well i mean i i heard him on the radio i believe and you know he was talking about meeting with andy dick and they had a breakdown for a film not a script just a breakdown and you know some petition went around i, I was like all right i'll 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 warrant you know signing for a little more in the army now just because of nostalgia if Ryer ever applies for like a federal like fbi job or something at the nsa they're gonna be like fuck no dude you you fucking signed yeah. a petition for in the army now number two yeah dude you're fucked now you're on a list hey the government funded this film so i think they're on board no man that's um that's a black mark on our history right like, wanna... that's on your permanent record man they're going to sit your ass down like with fucking Smith from the Matrix and he's going to like <laughs> yeah. unwind a little folder. And be like, <laughs> Is it true that in 2011 you signed a petition for a Polly Shore sequel? I'll say damn straight. <laughs> They're going to unplug you, man. Gonna be like, How about I give you the finger and you give me my phone call? 
Anyway, uh, to get back into the plot, our gang of heroes, they're lost, but they kind of make their way out. They find an oasis. They kill a snake. They eat a snake. It's pretty lame. One of the scenes that made me very uncomfortable as a, as a little kid was Lori Petty's promise of sex to Polly Shore. <laughs> I thought we were all going to die. <laughs> but you pulled us through. I don't know how, but thank you. So what are you going to do if I get us rescued? Um, I will... Take off all your clothes, tie you to the bed, rub warm oil all over your body, from the bottom of those feet to the top of that head, and proceed to have the nastiest, freakiest sex with you that you have ever imagined. Yeah. yeah, they definitely had didn't have any place in the PG version of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, she could have been like, if we ever get out of here, I'm going to, like, buy you McDonald's for the rest of your life or something. You know, or like, some- they could have done, like, a, a product placement here, and it would have been as equally or probably more entertaining than... I than- swear to God, sometimes I hate your change ideas, Jonathan. If they had said, if she was like, what are you going to do if I get you out of here? And she's like... I'll get you a a big meal or a fucking Big Mac for McDonald's for two ninety nine, and she like looked at the camera and winked or something. Yeah. I would have shit my pants, dude. Like that, <laughs> I would not have been happy with that. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a big and tasty, or some fresh buttery Jiffy Pop. I would have fucking. <laughs> I would have had to have rethink my whole life at that point. <laughs> well, I feel like that was the biggest twist of the film, because I really didn't think she liked. Men, up until that point. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's a very good point. She does play like a stereotype of uh, maybe someone that isn't straight. Yeah. But, you know, that could still be the case, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I see where you're coming from. The thing that just bothered me when I was a kid was just like the uncomfortableness of like how graphic she's getting with like what she wants to do to Polly Shore. Right now, it's just thinking about someone doing that to Polly Shore is the off-putting part. But as a kid, like you know, sex stuff is like weird. Like if you're like nine, yeah. you don't want to hear about like sex. Like yeah, you do. I remember. All right, here's a total <laughs> tangent. I had Edward Scissorhands on VHS, and just like all the movies I had, it was like bootleg recorded off a movie channel. You remember the scene where Edward is in the back room with that redheaded like milf lady, and she starts like trying to fuck him. I, I recorded over that scene. I recorded something on TV over that whole part so that when it went to it, it like cut to fucking Power Rangers for a minute or two, yeah. and then it went back into fucking Edward Scissorhands. Nice, dude. Your first edit. <laughs> you started young. Boy, oh, Eddie, you're trembling. Welcome, Power Rangers. This promises to be a momentous occasion. You're about to meet the newest member of your team. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a good point. That was our first. Actually, I did a lot of little weird shit like that. <laughs> uh, anyway. That, that's what led into our full uh, music production <laughs> at 11 years old. <laughs> right, which kind of led into me and Ryer making movies when we were in high school. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Now we just make fun of movies. <laughs> what they eventually do is they... 
think they're making their way back to their own base, but they make their way directly into an enemy base and they're captured. So they're being held in like a prison cell. They see their friend from earlier, Stern, who's actually not their friend, but uh, he's not giving them shit here. It's more like an acquaintance. He was the co-worker. He was like bullying them before. He like duct taped them to stretchers yeah. and, and just left them to fucking bake in the desert. Sun. Yeah. He, he's like a total like elitist kind of in the military guy. You right. Know? He's like, I'm better than you because I'm special ops. You guys are just fucking water guys. But when he's shot, he's like not talking shit anymore. Is he? No. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about when did they end up getting him that morphine drip? And then I realized that was later. Oh, yeah, it was a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, things that kind of, like, pop by here. It's kind of... The movie is trying to get us to the point where our heroes can become heroes. And the way they do that is they break out of prison. They get to a drop site where there's, like, military equipment. And then they radio back home or back to their home base or whatever. And uh, they essentially get a mission, right, Ryer? Yeah, so... On the way to the drop site, they notice a little, uh, a mobile Scud missile area where they basically mark the location, and then they get to the drop zone where there's a couple dune buggies, and at this point is when, uh, Stern was, mentions that he had morphine in him, and he, he said a, a quote that Corey used to say a lot back in ninth grade. Um, I guess he was in 10th grade at the time. You guys bringing up old shit all the time, huh? <laughs> you and Jonathan, I swear to God. The morphine, the better quote? Yep. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a pretty funny line by itself, but it's so quick in this movie that, like, it's missed almost, you know? Like, I don't think they, like, really set it up in a way that, like, a lot of people hear it. These things are intense. No wonder people join the army. B. All that you can be in the army. What happened to him? His leg looks pretty bad. I think it's infected because he lost a lot of blood. But look at his gums. They're fabulous, man. Not a touch of gingivitis. He's been flossing. Yeah, but why is he acting so wasted? Oh, that's the morphine. Absolutely. The morphine better. <laughs> I think you just like it because it's not Polly Shore saying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> if Pauly Shore had said it, you'd have been you would have never like thought. I would twice never about have like it, quoted it. You would it. have never repeated it. This, all right, so here's the thing. Ryer didn't bring up this embarrassing factoid, but you might know this too, Jonathan. I loved Biodome as a kid. I know you did. I loved that shit. Yeah. Okay, so you do now. Ryer, do you remember Frenchie from high school? Oh, of course. Yeah. So me and my friend Frenchie, we used to like. Was, we were probably the most two annoying fucking bastards on the face of the earth. We used to quote that movie, and I would do the Polly Shore shit, and he would do the whatever other Baldwin, Baldwin is in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> whatever Baldwin brothers in there. Whatever, like, C-list Baldwin fucker yeah. is in that it's movie. It's not Alec. I know that It's much. not Alec Baldwin, no. <laughs> that's all you care about. Yeah, that's the only good one. <laughs> but, yeah, we used to, like, quote that, like, all the time and thought it was funny. Probably wasn't funny, though. On second thought, you know? <laughs> Maybe it really was, and you just, like, have developed a Polly Shore complex. So, I watched okay. a little bit of that movie yesterday, and it's still pretty funny. Okay. And I think it really dawned in an era. Like, you know, they had the bright colors. They had, like, a little bit of ska music. There's, like, 
a song that you used in Friction that that plays on the radio as they're driving around. The Voodoo Glow Skull song? That's the one. Yeah. Friction, by the way, for those listeners, is the name (laughs) of a a movie that me and Ryer made in high school, back when we used to make our little indie films. Right, Ryer? That's correct. Yeah. No plot whatsoever, just us fucking around. Yeah, I mean... But you, you did make, if I recall, like, actual movies with a plot. Like, you made horror movies, right? No, I... I went to film school, and when I graduated with my associate's degree, I uh, went on to work on a couple, like, smaller films, and they were basically, like, Lifetime movies that weren't even good enough to be on Lifetime. They were that bad. So, I mean, not everyone can start out like Quentin Tarantino, you know? (laughs) You're right. Maybe I should have stuck in it a little bit longer, but I decided to go the bold path of construction. And that's where I am now. But uh, I am working on a a YouTube channel for my daughter. So I'm getting back into it. It's a, a pretty cool thing to do, you know, get my whole family involved. It's something we can do together and... It doesn't have the highest production value. I'm I'm working with my iPhone, but it's it's uh it's rewarding and it's it's pretty cool. I, I mean, I can throw some That's Star Wars, Disney stuff in there. You know, I I love Disney stuff, so it, it's kind of cool to be able to with YouTube just do whatever I want with it. I dig. Uh, where were we at in in the army now? So. I think they're wrapping where, up where they were trying to get back to town and get the uh, the camels from the townspeople. Oh yeah, I forgot that from they the got sheik. a camel. So yeah, so they Polly Shore offers them fifty five American dollars, the Libyan army truck that they stole, which isn't working, which or it's isn't, out of gas or something. Yeah, he goes, and if you're lucky, it might have a Kuwait track, <laughs> which I don't expect you guys to know that. I mean, that, it's, like a, it's, it's like an eight track like yeah. modification. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Exactly. That's not bad. And he goes, so you can listen to your Abby Dubby Dubby music. <laughs> it's such a bad joke. 55 American dollars. And then on top of it, see this Chuck? Serious bona fide Libyan army fighting machine and it's all part of this amazing offer my friend and maybe if you're lucky you might even have a Kuwait track you could play Abuda Buda Buda stuff on it and you ask me how could it be why such a deal because we're crazy boys we're giving it away again there's another one when I was a kid that was in like my top five jokes of this movie the yeah. Abuda Buda Buda stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Not great though, is it? <laughs> no, it's awful, but <laughs> I don't know. It's still a good time. So their whole thing is they gotta go to this base, military base of their whatever Libyan army. They gotta shine a laser on it, and then it's gonna get bombed. And there's only four of them to do it because Stern is basically out of the picture. He's all fucking doped up on morphine. And uh, that's that's where it takes them, Jonathan. Any notes about their little uh, heroic act here? I mean, I think it's. It's pretty yeah. fucking lame, isn't Dude, it? This, this is so fucking stupid, man. They have to hold a laser pointed at the military base because they can't detect it from the air. You have to go back there and paint it. Paint it? Trust me, it looks perfectly fine the way it is. And they have to hold it there for seven minutes? Like, what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense. Like, just 
send the jets in our general direction and call me when you're two minutes out and I'll put the laser up, you know, like, come on. Is that like, not real? Is that not a real tactic? See, I don't know anything about this. Kind I, of shit. I don't know either, but it sounds like full of shit. I don't play Halo. For sure. Yeah. The coordinates weren't good enough for some reason. They had to paint it with a laser. If they gave them the supply drop, they should have coordinates close enough to their area to get close enough to just say, okay, now go ahead and shine the laser. All right, we see it. There, we're going to drop. Yeah. But they they totally failed. Well, I mean, one thing is that their sergeant, the guy in charge, is Babe Ruth. So I don't know if he's like yeah. the best choice to be running a military. I mean, he's a, he's a baseball player. He's been dead for a long time. <laughs> Can't they just evacuate the bases? Yeah, or we can take an hour out of our busy lives, hop in these cool dune buggies, pop the base with the laser, and let the Air Force blow the hell out of it. Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. <laughs> like, is okay. this really the guy I'm, you want to put in charge? I'm going to have a really unpopular opinion here. And actually, I have a feeling that you, tell you might me you hate agree the Sandlot. I'm not going to be into it. I, I'm not going to say that I hate the Sandlot because I enjoy it. But I don't think that it's all the hype that everybody makes it out to be. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Like, dude, I could sit here and quote that fucking movie yeah. all day from beginning to end. But I just don't think it's that great of a movie i'm it's a way better than those that other stinking piece of shit that came out around the same time like rookie of the year and stuff like that but or angels in the outfield way better than angels in the outfield but i don't think it's all that hype man god damn just saying you're dead where you stand all right just so so the listeners know i don't agree with jonathan here so well i mean i kind of see your viewpoint it was one of those movies when i first watched it i didn't think it was the greatest thing ever but Uh, You know, we watched it over and over and over again, and uh, it just kind of was a cult classic, you know? Yeah, no, it it totally is. And I'm I'm not going to agree with or disagree with that. And and the nostalgic factor is there times a thousand. But that's the only thing I really have going. When I was a kid, I don't think there was any character in a movie that I could relate to more than Smalls. So maybe that's why I like it so much. Like that was yeah, like, but the thing is, he learned how to play baseball. <laughs> That's a good point. You know what? They say that, but they never really show it. So I, I always like harbored this idea in the back of my mind. Maybe he still sucks. That is why he became an announcer, right? I bet you. He got one good lucky catch here and there. Right. One good hit here and there. Well, he just got a good catch because, like, you know, Benny could like somehow aim his hits to like an exact location better than the fucking airdrops in this movie. Dude, Benny- seriously. <laughs> Benny, Benny can Benny hit dropping bombs. <laughs> Should have had him flying those planes. God damn. Right. Benny the jet? He's a jet. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Mind blown right now. <laughs> God damn. I'm so glad you brought up the Sandlot. Thank you. You did. Oh. Yeah. Thank yourself. <laughs> so the the thing is there's a shootout, right? So they they have the laser on the facility. Um, but they get caught and they have this like really weak shootout. And I was trying to figure out like why it's a week. I think it's because you have our heroes being filmed in one place. And then you have the people firing at them being filmed at a different day on a different time. And it just doesn't seem to work very well. Like they're never in the same frame. Like it, yeah. it, 
Well, and the Libyans were way downhill, like down the mountain, trying to fire up the mountain. Like, it would never work. Right. You gotta have the high ground. Right. Obi-Wan has taught me anything. Right. Yes. And then you get that, like, obligatory uh, or um, shoot the bazooka backwards. Right. So he, he joke. He <laughs> does do that. But when he does the other one and shoots it forwards at the he actually destroys the base himself. Right. It's not the airstrike. Right. Just a piece of trying to prevent the chemical warhead from being shot off to the military base. My question to Babe Ruth. Well, first of all, I'd say, you know, it's an honor to meet you. You're, you know, sir, you're, sir, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're the great Bambino. But after that, I would ask him, well, is it safe for me to be near this base when we destroy chemical weapons? Like, am I going to be killed with like whatever chemical like is in these weapons? I, I think in the heat of the moment, you just say, shut up. <laughs> Get, well, that is one way to address your uh, senior officers in the military, I suppose. If you're probably sure you have that privilege dryer. Right? I think the water purification crew is kind of a little bit sacrificial. One thing that you know? confused me is in this scene, like, I just don't know the order that they filmed this movie. So, in this scene, he doesn't have a scar on the back of his neck. And he's got shorter hair. But in the beginning, when he's getting his long hair cut off, there's a scar on the back of his neck that he got while filming this movie. I guess oh. I guess while firing some rounds, you know, one of the shells hit the back of his neck and burnt it. I see. Leaving a scar. And so yeah, I'm just confused how he had the short hair with no scar, but then had long hair, shaved it off and had the scar there so right. I, i'm wondering well, god damn you found a continuity flaw oh yeah <laughs> that is the least of this movie's flaws but a flaw <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> so let's see they destroy the chemical missiles they win the day they're big heroes and they eventually get to open their store back in glendale california did i miss anything about that they brought the camel back. Yep. You think about the cost of that? Because I did. I was like, I wonder how much it fucking costs to get a goddamn camel to fly from northern Africa or central Africa to uh, the United States. Yeah, and the paper. I'm pretty sure it would be cheaper to just get one in town somewhere. <laughs> like, dude, Glendale's close enough to L.A. You can find anything in L.A. <laughs> a camel? A live camel? I'm pretty sure you can get one in L.A. Goddamn. Yeah. So the store they open, Sahara Stereo. I mean, the movie kind of ends there, but it ends with this weird, like, like 90s slash Hollywood Pictures, like, note where these other two stoner guys go into the military recruiter's office to, like, I guess the idea is the cycle repeats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix rising from the ash. Don't they say something about, it's only on the weekends or something like that? Right. Mm -hmm. Be all that you can be. Yeah, on the weekend. Right. Uh, did you recognize the guy who was going in? Like, well, there was two guys, but the main guy that was doing most of the talking, he was the long-haired metal guy from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Nice. And he is also in another 80s movie called Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. Which is one that I quite like a lot. 
unfortunately, there's not a whole lot more to say, but do you guys have any final thoughts before we go into ratings on this one? Why do people duck down when a helicopter's coming by? Or if they're, like, exiting a helicopter and the blades are, like, literally 15 feet above your <laughs> head? And, like, there's no fucking possible way that the blades are ever going to get you? And, like, like in that scene where they're up at vantage point, right? And the helicopters are flying over. Everybody's like, duck! Like, the helicopter's not flying that gonna... low where even the wheels of that thing are going to hit you. Right, like, it's, like, not five feet off the ground. Right. So stupid. Good I, point. I'm just, like, I'm so sick of seeing that. <laughs> what about you, Ryer? Well, I just think this is a clear example of where... You know, too many cooks in the kitchen ruined the broth. You know, it seemed like corporate America plus, you know, the army putting their two cents into it messed this film. What's the difference? Am I right? Exactly. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Go to FedEx and then go to the post office and tell me which one is better. Amazon delivery. Can't tell you which one's greedier, though. Yeah. But, um... I, I feel kind of bad for Polly Shore on this film. You know, he uh, he had a really good run, and I think this was the beginning of his downfall. I also think there was something to be said about him cutting all his hair off. Like, I think his hair was just as big of an icon as he was. And well, he said it himself in the movie, didn't he? He says something about, like, this is how people know me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess is something that goes beyond this movie. I'm surprised he never grew it back out. You know, he, he hasn't since then. Um, you know, the past week I've watched a lot of podcasts that he's been on, and he seems really sad. I think he was really living his best life up until this movie, and then it, it slowly went downhill from here. And, you know, I, I hope the best for him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the overall, this movie, I, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. It, it was kind of, it was really hard to watch this movie two times this week. And I, I think it's going to stick in my brain never to watch this movie again. Well, I guess that does lead us directly into ratings. Yeah, that John- was pretty much his ratings. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to, I'm going to come back to you for an official score on that, Ryer, but Jonathan, What's your rating on any rating scale you want? What are you going to give in the army now? I am just going to give this a one and a half cups of purified water (laughs) out of five. That's not great. It's not great. Neither is this movie (laughs) by any means. It wouldn't be my first choice if something else was on TV. (laughs) But if it was the only thing on the only channel, then I would watch it. Damn, you wouldn't turn the TV off, huh? (laughs) No, I'd still watch it. Oh my God, like this movie is just, it's just really bad. I mean, even like considering the nostalgia factor, like it's, it's really, it was really hard to watch again. I mean, some of the cool things is like uh, a lot of the scenes where they were filming the military camp in Chad. That was all done like right here in um, Calabasas in the Santa Monica mountain range, which was pretty cool. There's a lot of really. I thought that was at I thought that was at um, Vasquez. 
Oh, maybe. I, I saw some scenes in there. It, it might have just been some select scenes, but it was totally um, like uh, uh, this recording area that was over there off of Las Virginis mm. in Calabasas. Anyway, I mean, that, that's one thing that kind of um, I think about when I'm rating movies. It's kind of close to home. You know, a lot of the production is pretty close to here. Besides that, I don't know, man. I, I would be okay never watching it again. I have a note in my like podcast movies to do notes. Yeah. That is like I think an exact quote from you because one time I said Uh-oh. like what what are some movies you'd like to do podcasts on? Yeah. And you said anything with Pauly Shore. Yeah. So here we are, Jonathan. We're doing it. <laughs> Living the dream. Thanks a See, lot. But we're we're doing it, man. I'm okay with doing a podcast on Pauly Shore. Yeah. No, but, I know what you mean. See, but the thing is like but I like Biodome. I have a soft 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 spot for son-in-law and i do like encino man so this is just a piece of trash that he's made (laughs) it is a piece of trash yeah on that note i'm gonna give my rating i'm gonna give this a two out of ten screaming david allen greers which is just to give you an indication of how grating this movie is. I do not like this movie, but I loved this movie as a kid. Now, it's it's really hard for me to pin down why. I The thing is, I think if I saw a movie, I just liked it, like anything. Because I don't remember not liking any movies when I was a kid, except for movies that I'd never really seen, you know? So, like, if I'm a little kid and someone asks me, oh, have you seen fucking Casablanca I'd be like no I don't like it but I'd never seen Casablanca as a child so that is an incorrect response but anyway this is one I just rewatched a lot and I rewatched a lot of movies a lot this was one of the ones in that list however the humor did not age well Polly Shore I don't know if he ever really was funny uh, but this movie's not great we talked about it a lot it's uh, 2 out of 10 Screaming David Alan Greer's Ryer, are you going to give this an official rating? I mean, you said some things already, but you can expand on that if you want. Okay, I'll give it a rating. I'll I'll give it a, a 4 out of 10 Dear John letters. Hmm. The saddest point in the movie. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he moves on pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's a well-produced film. It is shot well. You know, just the script was shit. You know, Polly Shore was the weasel. You know, it worked in other movies. It just didn't work in this movie. It's not a great film, but it's not because of the production value. It's not because of the acting. I think it really stems on on the the script and and corporate behind it running everything pulling the strings and what they thought could or could not be on the screen you blame disney huh yeah and (laughs) here we go all right i think that is (laughs) that is an episode ryer blames disney and the right in tell me what you think of that tell me if you blame them for anything in your life or in other people's lives, you can email me at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. If you're listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. We do get a lot of plays on YouTube, but not a lot of people click the thumbs up. 
you know, people forget, whatever, it doesn't matter, it's fine. But if you remember, please give it a click. It helps. Want to bring in some new listeners. Want to do podcasts more often. Want to monetize. Want to give you more episodes. That's the goal. Also, leave us a positive rating and written review on Apple Podcasts, if you please. Did I miss anything? All right. Thank you very much for listening. That was a podcast. We love you. Good night. <laughs>